Phil, that was uh, David Nick Turn. Oh, what, what a pleasure. What an interesting person. I mean, Emmy Award, Tony Award, uh, uh, a Buddhist, uh, you know, just an all-round uh, interesting, fascinating guy. And also uh, talking about how spirituality, business, and creativity all work together. And, uh, you know, every time I, I speak to uh, somebody with a Buddhist background or is a Buddhist, I realize like Christianity, like Judaism, like uh, Hinduism, there's different angles and elements and camps uh, that exist within those communities. And uh, certainly with Buddhism, I feel I'm always learning something new because it's, it's there's, there's so many aspects to it. And, and I'm not so terribly, from, I'm more familiar with Hinduism, for instance, yeah. uh, than with Buddhism. So uh, it's always fascinating to hear. And certainly he's done an amazing job incorporating it into his life. Well, there's a lot of things in what you just said. I mean, I think a lot of people hear about one form of Buddhism, especially back in when we were young, what most people thought of in Buddhism was Zen, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Buddhism that came from Japan, because the beat poets had made that well known and then you know now we know about vipassana practice and then because of the uh, uh, trungpa rinpoche and later the dalai lama we know about the tibetan forms of buddhism buddhism spread all over asia and took on different forms and yeah and we mentioned this before but just in the last few years mindfulness has just exploded yeah, uh, and what what area of Buddhism does mindfulness come from, or is it I think part of all it's, Buddhism? It goes right back to Buddha himself, but then it takes different forms in different mm -hmm. places. So, you know, the the mindfulness practice associated with vipassana might be you know have different nuances from what somebody else calls mindfulness. So, but you know, it, what he's teaching in this book. For example, the, the basic mindfulness practice is very similar to what you might find in uh, a book by you know, Sharon Salzberg, who we had on recently, or Jack Kornfield, mm -hmm. that attentiveness to the breath method. But there, you know, it has different meanings for, for different people uh, and in different lineages. So we're, you know, Buddhism is an incredibly rich and diverse uh, set of lineages, just like what we call Hinduism is, or the yoga tradition, or any of that. There's, the diversity is extraordinary. But anyway. All, all, all spokes leading to the same center of the wheel, as they say. You know, uh, another guest who's been at this, his spiritual pursuit for five decades, and uh, something that uh, yeah, we got to get some somewhat familiar with. Dennis. What's that? We need some younger guests. We need some younger It's like, uh, but they all seem younger from all their spiritual yeah. practice over these well, many decades. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and, and you know, it's often said, but we recently talked to uh, uh, two Jesuit priests, a, uh, a former priest, uh, a couple of Buddhists. And, but, uh, you know, when you get, when you dig deep, you come up with the same stuff, the same gold or yeah. whatever. You know, it really, really, really spirituality is a universal language. And and uh, uh, one of the things I'm learning in all these interviews we're doing with all these folks, you know, whatever the, the, the tradition, 
uh, is that uh, when you the deeper you go into it, the more experienced the person is with it, especially when you talk about it experientially. There, you can argue about terms and definitions and all, but it all starts sounding very similar. Yes, and that's a key insight that people like uh, Aldous Huxley and Houston Smith uh, used to call perennialism or perennial philosophy. And it's, it's why now uh, people use the term spirituality as distinct from religion. You know, when, when Houston Smith wrote the uh, uh, introduction to my book, to American Veda, and uh, he distinguishes there, and I quoted him in the book, between uh, esoteric aspect of religion and the exoteric. And the insight is that on the esoteric level of inner experience, which is where most of our guests are what mm -hmm. all about, uh, that's where you find the similarities and the sameness and the, the unity of it all. On the outer level of you know, dogma and belief systems, that, that's a whole different world and not one that uh, we tend to uh, spend much time on <laughs> in our interviews. But we, we, one of the things, to get back to David Nickturn, one of the things I, I was glad, uh, uh, I, one of the reasons I was glad to discover his work is this, this struggle between wanting to have a rich, deep spiritual life and also, you know, the need to make a living and, right. and have a job and all this, you know, real world householder stuff. So many of us have struggled with that, especially when we were younger. Um, and it's, it's ongoing for, for most of us. It's like, how much do I compromise? Uh, how much do we uh, um, accept of the rules of the game out there? And how much of it serves me spiritually? And where might there be conflicts? I mean, Look at we're we're asking people to contribute to uh, give us a more of a budget to to upgrade and keep going with with this podcast and these videos, and both of us were reluctant to even do that. Right? It didn't you know? It felt oh my god, we have to ask people for money. Well, yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> if NPR <laughs> can do it, so can we. Yeah, well, and yeah, and, and to keep it free and available, and and open to people. Yeah. And, and that balance. And there are people that don't have a problem with that. They're very spiritual. They are very committed to their spiritual development, but Hey, I'm started this business. I've good. And they tried to make the business reflect the, those uh, qualities that uh, yeah. uh, come out when one is deeply spiritual. And sometimes you can't do it hundred percent. Right. But you can do it 90% right. Or 80% right. It was a lot better. And if you look at what I'm contributing to the world, then we could point to, to people, we won't, but we can point to many people who have uh, done that, have done both. Uh, 200% of life, 100%. You know, that was what I, uh, Margie taught me. Uh, you know, you, you have both. And so and it is, it, it's not easy. And it's easy to neglect one for the other and so on and so forth. Well, and make compromises. Right. And a lot of the deeply spiritual people I know, one of the compromises was, um, I don't need to be filthy rich. I, I can, my, the compromise is 
I can have a, a nice, comfortable, low overhead life. Right. And, and that's without compromising too much of my spirituality. Right. Principles. Right. I, I don't know if you went through it, but I went through a period where I was teaching meditation full time, teaching TM, and I was and and uh, working for the university, Marshy University. And then I, I thought I got to make, you know, this is a nonprofit. I'm, I, I was under pressure to make money. And it was a big thing. I thought, oh, I can't. I wish I could do this. And then, and then you go off into work and business. In my case, whatever I was doing, and and you start thinking, well, you know, actually, no, it's not so bad. And yeah, it's good not to have pressure on you because then you can really enjoy your spirituality. But let's not forget that spirituality is important, and we stick with the practice. And sometimes you, what you end up realizing is that the real world application of what you of your inner life is part of the curriculum and, and right. it, it can deepen your spirituality and, and, and make you a more mature spiritual person as opposed to a naive. Right. Kid. Anyway, here we are. There you go. Dealing with this. So till next time, till next time, May, April, late April, 2021. Hopefully we're coming out of this pandemic. Uh, and, um, just, you know, but I do think what will come out of this, as I think a lot of people are realizing there's a need to have a spiritual practice in your life when you're going through tough times and your book, you mean like spiritual practice for crazy times? Yep. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> By Phil Goldberg. Okay. All right. Till next All time. Right. Take care. Over and out.